subject to this in Ace Attorney Fancast. I'm Stephanie. Thine face is not worth sunburning. I'm Michelle, better a witty fool than a foolish wit. And we are here to do a case recap. Yay! Uh, Michelle, is there any news before we, ho- we hop over to long recap land? I'm glad you've asked. I don't know. Hang on. <laughs> Uh, there, uh, yeah, there is, but, you know, uh, there's Nedroids coming out of, uh, of, uh, uh, Maya and Apollo. That's it. Who cares? If you like Nedroids, please go get the Nedroids. If you don't like Nedroids, I know you don't care either, so. Well, that's a weird, a weird pair that they're releasing, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, because they had Nedroids previously of Phoenix and Miles, and then... Uh, there's also, like, more detailed figurines of Phoenix and Miles coming out from Pop-Up Parade, and then there's Nedroids coming out from a different company of Ma- Apollo and Maya. I don't know. I don't know, man. Every- happy everyone's happy 20th anniversary. Happy 20th anniversary to all of us. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to then just spend the rest of the episode getting straight into it. Um, we are going to recap in Great Ace Attorney... Game two, case two, the memories of the Cladicocoro. Uh, if you don't want spoilers, I will see you next time. Yeah, see you next time. And in the meantime, email us Ace Attorney Tattoo Ideas. <laughs> yes, please and thank you. I know we got some already, so everyone who has, we know about them already, but we would like enough to talk about them for more than five seconds. Yay. All right, so I will be doing the recap. And I'm going to start by talking about shit that happens in this game that doesn't matter. But I it made me <laughs> mad, so we're going to start with the beginning. Is it what I think it is? Let's find out together. All right. So the game opens, and we're revisiting uh, in back in game one where the lady got that stabbed. So they're like, oh, but there was a second bizarre crime that happened that night. And then they reintroduce us to Ryanosuke Naruhoto. So you didn't even talk about what I wanted you to talk about, which is, which is the Sherlock Holmes little vignette thing that we had gotten at every single other game case. But this time it's in rhyming cutlets. Oh, I didn't give a shit about it. <laughs> it made me angry that they, it's like they did it the same way for everything, except now this time they think they're up on their shit. But anyway, keep, it makes sense why, I guess, but keep yeah. going. All right, well. Sherlock Holmes is never in rhyming couplets. <laughs> it is for the other reason of probably in this case, which is... Yeah. Anyway, so uh, as a reminder, because we'll, this game loves to remind us where we are, Ryu's been in England for six months. He knows Herlock. He hasn't been in court for four months, and he's got this postcard. Uh, he goes down to breakfast, and he wants to share his news, and Herlock insults- I, I think it's a letter. It's a letter it's a from letter. Susato. It's, yeah, it's a letter from Susato. It's the letter she sent at the end of the first case. Her, he's like, hey, Herlock, I got news, and Herlock interrupts him, says he looks messy, and Herlock has news. And then Herlock also then hijacks the scene by saying he had snapped his third string on his violin last night, had a fit of rage, ripped open Ryu's jacket last night, and that's why he's missing a button today. And he he gets really close to your face, which is like a new thing that they like doing in this this game. game. Yeah. And then we explain that we got a postcard from Susato. I'm so mad that they spent this much time establishing Herlock as a fuckboy. That's really what made me mad here. Herlock really just was like, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to also commit violence against you, as you find out, and also tell you you look ugly. 
Yeah. That's our best friend, Herlock Sholmes. It's our best friend, Herlock Sholmes. And it's funny because Tony just beat the last case, so I did hear the voiceover for the last case of the last game. Um, I mean, the last case of the game one, right? Where he's, where Ryunosuke Noruhodo is like, I know it's really hard living here in England, but at least I have the best friends in the world. <laughs> and this is how he's still being treated. Yeah. The best friends in the world. But I will say, as much as Herlock pissed me off at the start of this game, he's got some nice one-liners at the end of this case, which I... So he's he's net, net no positive or negative for me after this case. He ruined it at the start and then made up for it. Like, <laughs> um, At this point, we show the postcard, and Iris is like, oh my god, Susano's got beautiful handwriting. Too bad I can't read Japanese writing, but I know Japanese Morse code. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so this is the... It, the, the case, so we look at the postcard and Susato says, hey, can you look at that retcon case? Uh, because I think this is connected to why my daddy asked me to come back to Japan. And Sherlock's like, I don't remember this case. Uh, and we're like, of course you don't, you don't remember anything. So uh, Iris goes and finds Susato's notes. And we go, um, we kind of essentially like, Sherlock's like, oh yeah, that's right. I forbid you to write about this. So we find the Susato's notes. Um, and Rio like throws in a line of he's like, and now we'll, we'll go back to why I'm no longer allowed to practice law here in Great Britain. We don't come back to that sentence. No, we don't. We're too busy being in a flashback to a case that happened in the middle of the first game. Right. So we we hell up. We enter flashback territory. We learn everything again about that case. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> we, we're oh, back. You mean about the the stabbing case? Yeah, the stabbing accidental knife through the window case. You just go back and listen to that episode if you don't remember what we do. Uh, what we do this case flashback case is we start by visiting Miss Green because she's regained consciousness. Uh, the hospital's still gross and dumpy. Olive Green is very hard on herself. Uh, she wants to be an artist but claims no talent and apologizes for regaining consciousness. So she's very very sad just to interact Shh. with. She's so sad. And I mean, we get what we do get to see this time is what her sort of what her face and hair looks like. And she's I like the description that I have is that she's sister bikini proportions, mm-hmm. uh, like very short and round as and I know you're like, Michelle, you describe every single woman in this game as short and round. I don't know, man. <laughs> I wish I did it. And then she's got blonde hair and blue eyes, just like, oh no, every person in this game. I'm sorry. I wish I couldn't. But really, the thing that is, like, sort of noteworthy, I guess, is that she's got that pinaco hair. She's got that oval, like, top bun on top of her head, which is, like, the least British ass thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... It kind of looks like a paintbrush. It kind of looks like a paintbrush. Um, she's wearing a sleeveless button-up smock that's like olive green, and it has Taylor's chalk marks on it. And I don't really understand why. Like it has all the seams are drawn out and the pockets are drawn out, um, and then her pockets are full of paintbrushes, and the paintbrushes all have paint on them still or dried paint on them, which is very infuriating as somebody who paints to think that you're just carrying your dirty brushes around. <laughs> Yeah. She's very sad. She has a little key around her neck. That's it. That's it. That's all. That's all the important things. The only important, or the thing that's important to note now is we learned she lives in a very different part of town and she was outside on Briar Row Road when she got stabbed. Um, very suspicious because she 
had no other, no real reason to be in the area. But we're like, uh, she clams up, uh, and Susato's like, to her luck, like, don't pry into the affairs of a maiden. That's not what Susato sounds like, but whatever. Uh, so police officer comes bearing a note for us, and it's from Soseki, and there's been a murder at his building. Oh no. Oh no. So we rush over, and that Blanc Shakespeare guy we saw for 0.2 seconds in the case last in last game, he's dead at the table. So Seki's freaking out. He's also not happy that Herlock's here, and Gregson's already here yelling at us not to touch anything. I think we did describe him, we didn't even describe him as a Shakespeare guy, we described him as, like, the worst stereotype of a French noble that you could think of. Like, if you think in your mind of, like, a stereotype of a French noble, that's what this dude looks like. Except now we learn he has a little tiny blue cape on. (laughs) But I can, I can, uh, I'm gonna read the exact same description I used last time. Alright, this Um, is, and this guy's name we learn is William Shamspeare. William Shamspeare. He's tall and he has a very regal look, but in a disingenuous way. His outfit is pink with purple stripes. He's a matching coat and hat and puffy shorts and puffy, like, sleeve, uh, shoulder sleeves. Um, he has a hat that goes a few inches up and then the top is flat. Uh, he's got a white ruff on his neck and he's covered in gold and gems and layered necklaces and his jeweled belt buckle and, like, a black and gold vest underneath everything. And he's we're holding a jeweled scepter. Uh, and he's pale and he has a thin pointy face. And blonde hair and like very tight curls. But he, I also wrote, looks like a 17th century jester. I, I, I feel less that he looked like a French noble. And more he looks like when somebody says, oh, you do Shakespeare. Like that's the outfit he dresses up in. Like that's the outfit. I mean, I, I suppose so, but also, like, it's never really explained why he has all these gems all over him. Because that's where he spends all his money, is what we are to assume. He doesn't have any money! Right, because he spent it all on this outfit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you on this again later. Come back to this in a second. But, that's, um, he's dead on, he's dead face down on a table with his little fucking cape out. He's also, I would say, has, like, old school shoujo eyes. Yeah. Um, very, very thick lashes, very dewy, I guess. Anyway, so he's dead at the table. So this is William Shamspear. He lived in the ground floor of the building, but he didn't have a lot of friends. Mr. Garrida, John Garrida, was noticed that, noticed, or was suspicious that he wasn't uh, up at a certain time. So he had, so Seki kicked the door down and they're like, oh no, he's dead. So Seki is the person under suspicion. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the body is still warm, so it must have been recently. And not, and Sozeki is acting very, very shady, very twitchy, very suspicious, like, clearly doing everything that was like, ah, I had something to do with this. Um, but he keeps saying not to mind him and that he was never in this room before. So Herlock then does a dance of deduction where Sozeki is screaming in the background during every part of it. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> In various types of Suzeki screaming. Um, so we deduce in this, Herlock says that the man died alone and ate soap because there's soap on the table on a dish and he's got a fork in his hand. Uh, we see that there are two teacups. We assume, we also point out the man was probably not eating soap and that the door was kicked in that morning. But Suzeki must have been here because he left his three books next to the door that he had bought um, from the bookstore from the previous case. 
So he's like, ah, but I just got back from jail last night. I, how would I have been there? And we're like, so Seki, you were here. So he gets arrested. And Gregson takes him. So we, since Gregson's gone, we can investigate. <laughs> so this guy's room is got like a full ass, poorly built, but stage he's built. He's got costumes. He's got a bricked up window with a hole in it. Uh, he's got a stove. And a table. He's got a, he's got a gas meter, just like Soseki. He's got a gas meter. And I think that's all the noteworthy parts of his room. He's got a puddle of water on the floor. <laughs> well, yes. And so he has no food or water or dishware except for like these cups that right. they drank tea out of. Um, let's see. So, uh, we look at the gas meter, and so this is where we learn how gas meters work in this world. I don't know if it's accurate to Britain. Michelle, did you do fact checking on this? I didn't because it sounded plausible to me. Where they have to put a coin in to turn on their gas in their. Yeah. So the way that the gas meters work is everyone has a, a meet like essentially like a parking meter in their house. It only takes tuppence, and so you put in a tuppence for every two hours of gas that you use. Uh, which is bonkers to me if you wanted to sleep through the night. It doesn't sound like you could put in three coins and hopefully it would like go all night, but maybe it could. That wasn't very clear. Uh no, it it doesn't seem like that's the way that it was. But, you know, what? Uh, maybe maybe it was. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And so um, we look at the windows bricked up and see some missing bricks, right? And there's a draft. And there's two bars of soap covered in snow on the ledge. So we grab one and we say it must be fancy soap because it's like a big yellow bar of soap with like a red disc on the top of it. And has a color spot. And to me, it looked like a brand. But um, the description says it's cheap soap. So whatever. We also find a corner of a torn off envelope, and then we ask if it's, like, okay to say a Japanese prayer for a British soul. Because <laughs> Susano's like, because the Shakespeare is still on the table. He's still on the table. This is also not the first body. I guess it's the first body that they encountered that's still there, because usually we had a chalk drawing, I guess. Right. I mean, like, when, um... When the shopkeep in the last game got shot, like, we were there for the beginning of it, but then they, they took him away. And then we mostly yeah. get photos. Uh, but, uh... But anyway, his body's hanging out this whole time. Oh, I did stuff a little out of order here. <laughs> I accidentally thought I was done investigating the room, so I went to go talk to John D- Garadab. Uh, which in this in in which makes a very funny narrative. So I left the room. We go up to talk to I went up to talk to John. We ask why Soseki knocked down the war, the door. He's like, oh, he always gets up every day at five thirty or like at five, and it was five thirty. He still wasn't up. And and John's like, uh, he always wakes up that early. And and uh, so I had Soseki kick down the door. And we're like, how did you know that? That's very suspicious. And he's like all sweaty and not very forthcoming. Uh, we learned Shakespeare's really poor because he's renting a room in John's house. Uh, he's researching William Shakespeare. So this guy's name is William Shamspeare, researching William Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And it's stupid as all hell. Um, and nobody, like, calls that. Because it's not like William Shakespeare doesn't exist in this world. He does. It's yeah. just they don't talk about it. Yeah. Um. And so John knows that, like, what time Sham left the house at 8, uh, came back, and he was... He was up, but he was up till one o'clock when he went to sleep, and he knows this because of the gas. So whenever the, someone comes on and turns on the gas lamps, all the lights in the building dim briefly, and when they put it out, all the lights get brighter. 
and there's only one gas pipe supply for the whole building. And so that's how he keeps uh, track of his tenants. So I learned all of this information. Yeah. I go out to Briar Road, and there's this guy in a yellow outfit, who back from the first game, uh, who's peeking into the window. When you try to talk to him, he runs away. Uh, and then I went to prison. And Soseki wasn't there and yet. And Soseki wasn't there, so I went back to the And then you the go back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I found out Shakespeare isn't dead. <laughs> And yeah, so fucking never been more disappointed in my life when William Shakespeare wrenches himself up from that table and does a little dance. So what happens is you're supposed to fully investigate that room. And then when you do that, Shakespeare wakes up and he does a little crazy dance and then falls unconscious again. And he's quoting Macbeth. And so he like, Grayson freaks out and we get kicked out. And then I presume you're supposed to go talk to John and then go see Soseki. Yeah, I th- that was that was the correct order. And I will say at this point in the conversation with John... I think that John is scamming gas from uh, from Shakespeare because he's... Why would anyone be so in tune with his behavior and then forcibly kick down his door when he wasn't awake half an hour after he normally is, except for you live in London in the wintertime and the dude hasn't paid the gas meter yet, right? That's what I think. I, that, I was 100% on that page that John was clearly doing something wrong with the gas. Yeah, surprise, surprise. That's not it. Yeah. So John is just, John Garadeb is just insane enough so that if his tenant sleeps in half an hour late, he will kick down the door. In John's defense, he's ex-military and his wife got arrested a couple days ago. He's having a bad one. I know. <laughs> I know he's having a bad one, but why would you, why would you no. kick down? And we ask him that, and he doesn't have a good answer. He No, he doesn't have a good answer. They never explained it. But okay, unhinged. And I know the guy's three months late on rent, but also, like, unless you're going to evict him, don't kick the door down. Right. Unhinged. Or don't have your other tenant kick the door down. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't get so sexy to kick the door down at 5.30 in the goddamn morning. morning. Um, okay, so when we finally go back, you go, you, when you, so you, so you get kicked out, you go talk to John, you go downstairs, you go out to the street, you see this guy staring in the window who runs away from you, and then you go to prison and you see Soseki. And he's just constantly back on the, you know, on the same grind of I'm cursed, the room is cursed, the previous tenant died in that room, he was a young man, he died for no apparent reason, and they were like, well, good news, that guy isn't dead. So you'll probably get to go home and Gregson's like, uh, hey, everybody. Uh, Shamespear over here said this guy tried to poison him. So see you tomorrow in court. <laughs> see, ya, see you later. And so we're like, well, fuck. So then we go to court the next day. The old Bailey. Guess who's the prosecutor? I bet you can't guess. I bet you can't. Uh, it's our favorite vampire. <laughs> it's our vampire. Oh, I did write that uh, the next day, Old Bailey, Van Z is here as a vampire and the jury. Yeah. Van Z, our favorite vampire, is here to prosecute the case. And for the first time, Ryanosuke says, wow, this dude hates Japanese people. Wow, he's racist. Finally, someone calls him out. Finally. So everyone who was like, you guys are over-exaggerating. No, actually, in the game, they noticed that he's racist also. <laughs> Uh, Michelle, do you want to go over who the jury is? It's like mostly the same people that we've had before. In fact, they make a point to say we we asked back people from Soseki's first case to be on the jury, which sounds to me like an instant mistrial. 
instant. But okay, what do I know? So we have our banker uh, gentleman who I still didn't look up his name, but I think it's Bruce Goodrich. No, it's not Bruce Goodrich. It must be something else. Anyway, our banker who like gnaws on his cane uh, when he's nervous and only looks to one side. He's back. Um, there's a kind of Southern Belle looking girl whose colors are maroon and yellow. And then her hair is brown and she describes herself as ruthless a lot of the time, if anyone remembers her. We have our uh, young gentleman who's blonde haired, blue eyes, bowl cut uh, with a bowler hat. And his colors are pretty much brown, like in blue. He's just a young guy who's wearing a suit in that's brown. Um, and then I'll skip over. We have our big giant gig worker man who wears or- a orange vest and orange pants and is very burly and has a big beard. Um, and then we have our old man who can't hear anything and can't understand anything, but he wears a green coat and kind of resembles olive green if you were to squint. So he's back. And But the newest juror is juror number four. And she's a very prim woman in a yellow dress with a thick black fur lining her cuffs and her collar. And she has a big uh, fur hat with a wide brim. Um, she is wearing hot pink hoop earrings and she has a big black feather hand fan that she fans herself with. She's blonde like everyone else in this game, (laughs) but she has short little ringlets that end, um, at the, at like her chin and frame her face and the rest of her hair is up in the back. She's tiny, tiny, tiny lips and yellow eyes. And even though she's kind of slender, she has a, like a weirdly huge wide face. I don't understand why. It's and then later we wide. S- and later we see that she, when she stands up, she's wearing a like an ankle length dress um, that's fairly tight fitted, but it's um, black and white uh, striped like a bee. And she has a little umbrella that is also black and white striped like a Wait, bee. Wait, it looked black and white to you? Oh no, sorry. Yellow and yellow and black, oh, like a bee. Mine was like yellow, yellow and like dark brown. Yeah, yellow and black or yellow and dark brown like a bee. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say, wait, wait, your TV colors got real messed up. My no, my TV is messed up, but that's not the point. No. But she's the new one. She's juror number four. Yes, and she, she's taking place of um our jailbird, Garrett Epps' wife. Yeah. Um Okay, so they yeah, they made a point to say that they're all here. So that's our jury right now. Von, Van, Von Zeeks opens up and he goes, mm, looks like the guilty man is back because he's not appreciative and he tried to murder somebody immediately. Gregson to the stand. Gregson Soseki goes to the stand to tell you the details of the case. So Soseki admits he visited Shamsphere last night. Uh, he and Shamsphere was poisoned by, how do you say this poison again? Strychnine. Strychnine. Um... The door was locked from the inside, which is why the next morning they had to kick it in. No one could get in or out. Soseki was the last person who had seen him, and strychnine is a slow, um, slow-acting slow poison. So he could have poisoned him, left, and like had the door locked behind him and all that jazz. Um, Soseki's- but not like three hours slow, like 30 minutes yeah, slow, like-, like 15 to 30 minutes. And that's imp- the, t- the timing should be more important than everyone else paid attention to. But Soseki screams that, like, the, the lodging's cursed. He was also almost killed that night, but nobody cares. And they're like, no, we need to focus on Shamspear over here. You brought him tea last night. So you came to visit him with tea, and that's how you poisoned him. Um, and he's like, I was bringing him tea as a gift because the, the, the water pump, because we don't have rainwater in the building, the water pump across freezes overnight. So I put it in a bottle... <laughs> And I brought it over here and I made some tea. Um, we also learned that while they were drinking tea and talking, because they were talking about Shakespeare, 
they had a wrestling competition to know who <laughs> versus Romeo versus Juliet is the stronger. They put on costumes and wrestled, and Soseki won. Yeah, and I let's let's pause for a second because this is one of those things where you're listening and you're like, I must have missed something. What the fuck are they talking about? No, they were discussing Romeo and Juliet. Who is stronger? And in order to settle it, they dressed up as Romeo and Juliet and wrestled. This is brought to us without any... It's not like a secret. They say it outright. Everyone kind of goes like, well, I would rather not know more. Please don't talk anymore about that. And that's all we want to know. All we want to know is what's going on with this fucking wrestling match. I wish they had spent their animation budget on that. Anything. Just give me, you know how Ace Attorney sometimes gives you a picture, even though you don't have a real picture and no one was there? Give me a picture. So Seki supposedly dressed up as Juliet and also won. Uh, Shamspear says something along the lines of, I've heard of Eastern Jiu-Jitsu, but I never thought it would be used on me by a beautiful woman. (laughs) (laughs) I care about nothing except for this Mortal Kombat competition. (laughs) Yeah, but that's, that's all we get to learn about that. We don't get to know more. So we're just like, wait a second. Okay, he shows up at nine with tea. You gotta drink tea hot. He says it takes 30 minutes. He wouldn't have, like, he wouldn't have collapsed at 1 a.m. And Von Zeke's like, "Mm, we here in England drink tea cold. A lie, if I've ever heard it. A lie, if I've ever heard it, but whatever. (laughs) So he's like, he drank the tea cold after Shiseki left, so that's why it didn't kick in until, like, 1 a.m. Anyway, let's call Shamspear up as a witness. So... We also get this big chin man, and we learn his name. Um, uh, Erden B. Meterman. Yeah, I don't know what the pun is for him, except for his last name is Meterman, and he's a Meterman. But Adron or Adron B. Meterman? A drone B. Meterman. A drone B. A drone B. Because he's, a, oh, I see. Because they're B themed, and he's a drone B. Okay. This is, right, that is, hey, Ace Attorney, you finally did it. Yeah, you we went cracked back to your roots. It's it's not a, a great one, but it went back to the roots. Proud. A drone B meter man. Okay, so we've described him before. He looks like Popeye, the sailor man. Um, he's got a scar on his big old chin. His chin is huge. Like his entire hand rubs his chin and it's his entire hand uh, like width. Uh, he's wearing a yellow outfit. Uh, brown vest, page boy cap that's also yellow. He's got like a, he looks kind of like he's in a private school because he has a little shield on his, his, um, lapel. His lapel, but he's not. He's a blue knitted handkerchief that, uh, comes off of his neck that kind of looks like bee wings. And then he's got a, a big old messenger bag that is also black and yellow striped or brown and yellow striped to look like a bee. So that way when he sort of leans over and points at somebody, the little blue wings, and then his little messenger bag makes it look like he's got a bee butt. Um, <laughs> uh, he's got really tiny eyes, really, really dark brown hair, and tiny, tiny, tiny eyes, looking like Popeye the Sailor Man. Yeah, yeah. He's the, I, I had said previously, he's the first person we've met with a darker skin tone. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. That's still the case. Still the case. Uh, there's t- two whole characters in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but he works for, uh, at at Lamont, Al- Alamont, how you probably we say this? I thought it was Altamont. Altamont like, is probably correct. Like yeah. Ultimate, and yeah. but Altamont, Ultimate Gas Company. Yeah, Ultimate Gas Company. Okay, so Shamsir 
says, yeah, so Seki visited me last night. I didn't have any other visitors, nor ate or drank anything other than this tea. And this gas man here can confirm it because he was spying at me through the window all night. And he's like, yeah, can't say, though. You're just on my meter man's list. But I was watching you all night <laughs> in the freezing cold. Uh, but we're like, excuse us, excuse us. You were poisoned. There's like three hours in which like, you drank the tea and then you passed out. And they're like, mm, prove, prove it. Prove that, uh, that I, that I drank the tea when he was there. You can't. So the jury's just like, all right, so Seki's guilty. Yeah, we go straight into summation. It's terrible. Uh, we get explained to how, how that works again. We know how it works. So the jury thinks basically that Shamsbeer here is an upstanding citizen, citizen and that they're all racist against Soseki. Um, so we press them and we learn that this fancy lady, the new juror number four, is the wife of Ultimate uh, Gas Company and she knows Shamsbeer is stealing gas. They haven't had any proof, but they know they're stealing it. So she's... Um, so based on this, we get four people to change their leanings. Like, oh, wait, he's a thief? Never mind. We'll keep the trial going. Yeah. Oh, he's not the, He's not a trustworthy person? Oh, no. So the judge is like, I just want to point out that there isn't another suspect. But since no one trusts this witness, we'll keep the trial going. And Van Zeeks gets pissed and he's like, this is a waste of time. But we're like, okay, well, like, can the gas man speak to the suspicious grounds? Um... Of, like, why you were watching Shamspeare, because clearly, like, you were doing it because of the steel aid. And so, juror number four is just like, can I take the stand alongside the meter men as a supervisory role? Because my husband's good name should not be tainted. And the judge allows it. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> Absolutely wild. And meter man starts cheering and does a ton of bowing. And also, he's going to start strangling himself with his scarf, and that's upsetting. But, uh, what we do learn is that, um... Oh, God. And also says, like, this trial is driving me to my hallowed chalice. And then he breaks his glass and blinks his bottle. Yeah. He's very grumpy, this case. Uh, so Yeah, I, no, I'm with him, though. <laughs> so we, 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 you know, we press these two and we learn that everyone who's got a gas box has, a, there's only one lock and there's, I'm sorry, every gas box has a lock and there's only one key. There's... One key for everybody's gas box, essentially. And so what they do is every meter man comes to empty the coins, and then they put a piece of beeswax over it when they lock it so that if someone tried to tamper with it and open it, the beeswax seal would be broken. And they're like, what happens is there is no coins in this. This man is like bold-faced sweating in front of me from how hot his room is, and he's never once paid for gas. And every time... He pay, like he doesn't do that. It gets taken out of my paychecks as meter man. So like I have no idea what he's doing. And the lady's like, I know he's stealing gas. And so I'm making like spending thousands and thousands of uh, company dollars to try to figure out, um, like try to make a, a tamper-proof box. So we're trying to look at the box, and we see a tiny little hole at the bottom of the coin thing, but it's not even big enough for a coin to fit through. So we're like, well. He's clearly, like, putting fake money in there or something to get gas. Hmm, what could it be? Oh, I don't know. Maybe if we look at the soap. Oh, if we look at the soap. Remember that tiny little red thing that was on it? It's gone now. It's gone now. We stole the soap and the red thing is gone. It's gone. And so we look at it and we're like, oh, hey, 
This hole in the soap is the same shape and size as the coin, the threepence, which is the coin that keeps these meters going. And then I was like, oh, what black magic? Where'd you get these fake coins? What we figure out is he's pouring water into these coin molds on the soap, freezing them, and then using them for gas, and then they melt in the gas meter, pouring out through this tiny hole at the bottom onto the floor, because there's a puddle on the floor of his house. Yeah, because he just lets him drip on the floor. Fucking stupid. Like an animal. And the reason we realize that we found Sham's beer on the table with a bar of soap and a fork is because he was trying to get the coin out of the bar of soap. So that all makes sense. And he broke the probably, he probably broke that bar of soap because he started dying from poison. All right. So Von Zeke's like, okay, all right, all right. He's a liar. Shakespeare is a liar and a thief. And Soseki's still innocent. Is, is, Soseki's still trying to kill him. Like we have not proven anything else. Von Zeke says three facts. And um, we're like, actually, one of those facts you said is an assumption. Because no one was able to test the tea for poison. So actually, how do we know the tea was poisonous? And they're like, well, there wasn't a single drop left, so we couldn't test it. And we're like, hmm, but this uh, this coin that we got was red. Kind of like the color of the tea. Hey, I think there's still another bar of soap and the at the crime scene if you want to go and test that tea that was in the bar of soap. So the judge is like, what a great idea. Court's adjourned. Go test the soap. Go test the the tea soap, and we'll resume the trial tomorrow. This is strange for this these two games because this is the first time we are being adjourned instead of recessed. Yeah, it's like this is. I, I was kind of stunned that we have a second investigation day on this one. Yeah, but it was nice to have the second investigation day. Honestly. Well, yeah. I mean, that's more of the Ace Attorney like. Back and forth, I enjoy. Whenever you're getting tired of one, they do the other, usually. It's not always that balanced, but, you know, that's what you look for, is, like, whenever you're getting bored of court or tired of court, then you get to go do investigation until you're bored of that, and then you go back to court. Yeah. So Susato's like, fuck yeah, let's go to the crime scene. (laughs) So uh, you go to the crime scene, Gregson's there, he's like, oh, good work in there. And we're like, what'd you say? He goes, nothing. (laughs) Anyway, I'm here because Von Zeke wants me to find something. So we look at the meter. Yep, we see the puddle. Uh, and so, it, of course, a wild turn of... A wild... It's wild to us. You know, in a logical game logic, we're going to go to the hospital next. Uh, you know, you want to go from a crime scene to go see Miss Green, who we haven't talked about or brought up in hours now. But okay. So you go to the hospital... And when you walk into the hospital, Shamspear is there and she, and he's like, it looks like he's berating Miss Green, but actually what it is, is she's berating him, yelling if if he saw her painting. And he's like, no, I didn't see it. I didn't see it at all. And then she screams, I wish you had died. Yeah, I wish you had died. I wish you had died for the poison. For the poison. And then he does this, his weird Shamspear dance and he applauds, and then he comes up to us and applauds our time in court. But he says, we won't get away with it again. He bends his staff angrily and leaves. Because uh, he's got like a weird scepter. Uh, and Miss Green is shaken up and is about to be discharged. She keeps saying she's about to be discharged this whole time. It's been days. It's to make you go away. Anytime she wants you to go away, she's like, I have to pack my things. I should be discharged momentarily. And you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll I'll let you do that. Yeah. Uh, so then in a logical next steps, we go see Herlock. Um, and something smells absolutely terrible, 
And Herlock's like, oh yeah, Lord Von Zeeks and I go way back. Anyway, this new smell is an invention that can test if tea is genuine by a single drop. So that he puts a drop in a tea and it turns black. And if it gets gross, black, and stinky, it's good tea. But we're like, well, that's stupid. You can't drink the tea anymore. He goes, well, it's merely a test and it's it's experimental anyway. Forensic science. And so now we're explained what forensic science is this far in the game. Yeah. So the concept. Like the, uh, concept. the concept of forensic science. Yeah. But anyway, he shows us his new chemical for testing skin prints. Not fingerprints. Skin, skin prints. prints. But I know what you're thinking. Oh, that shit about the tea, the testing the tea thing, that's going to be really important, right? No. No. Forget I no. said it. Skin prints. Skin prints. It's the future, baby. Uh, and so we're like, wait, wait, wait. Tell us more about Von Zeke's because he's mean to us and we'd like to know more about him, apparently. And he's like, ah, he's been a lawyer for 10 years and he... Uh, he wants to do a Japanese person, but I can't tell you more. You'll find out in due time. We get the greatest reaction about this because it's like, oh, you knew Von Zeke's? And, and he's like, yeah. And we're like, oh, he hates Japanese people. And Iris is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. And then you get a new dialogue option, Japanese people. <laughs> and this is when it's like, uh, Von Zeke's practiced for five years and he knew a Japanese guy. And then he stopped practicing for five years and then he came back and now he's practicing again. Because of a Japanese person, just, presumably. Just because of a Japanese person, you specifically. And we're like, oh. And Herlock's like, can't tell you more. Anyway, bye. And you're like, could you come with us? And he's like, okay. And he goes, nah, I'll meet you there. And so you go back to the crime scene and he's already there. He's already there. Uh, okay, so then you're, you're like, all right, well, now tell us about the forensic science. So he puts on his goggle and he pulls out his skin print seeker gun. And it's essentially a luminol test. Or no, it's it's essentially dusting for prints is the yeah. mechanic, which is fine. Kind of a combination. If it's luminol plus prints equals spray the whole screen. Yeah. So you spray the whole screen and you see where the victim might have touched, like the, touched in his home, which I'm like, is bonkers because it's his house. It's his home. It, it's probably everywhere. It's probably but... everywhere. But what we do find... <laughs> We'll do the second one first. We do find is there are, there are hand placements in like two very interesting spots. One is the floorboard. There's like a loose floorboard. Um, and then one is on the wall next to a painting. And Michelle and I were in person <laughs> together at this point, And it just... <laughs> Look. There's a hole in his wall also, okay? There's a hole that he's ramshackle boarded up, and it's also by the area where it's two handprints on either side of a painting repeatedly. Like, the handprints are, like, multiple, multiple, multiple. And it's... And we... Michelle just quietly... We were both thinking, Michelle just goes, man, the placements on those hands is, are are kind of... Kind of dirty, you kinda know? Kind of dirty. And we just lost our goddamn minds. We lost our goddamn minds. Uh, while Susato looked behind the painting and was like, well, there's nothing here. And we were like, no, Susato, no. God, don't touch <laughs> anything. anything. <laughs> don't touch it. There's a little box where the underneath where the hammers are so he can get up higher. And there's a I swear to God, there's a hole in the wall. <laughs> so. So anyway, uh, we find both the glory holes. 
So we found both the glory holes. We begged Susano again not to get on the floor. Not not Rinoscape. Me and Stephanie begged Susano not to get on the floor by the floorboards one. Luckily, Gregson does it instead. Uh, oh, braver, yeah. than, braver than any soldier, Gregson. <laughs> but uh, it, the game does not acknowledge the glory holes. Uh, instead, I... Yeah. <laughs> Instead, I think we're supposed to notice that the gas lamp is right above the handprints, but whatever. Anyway, what do we find in the hole in the floor? Anyway, the floor hole, Gregson finds a newspaper clipping, a photo, and a tin box. The newspaper clipping is a three-month-old newspaper about a convict who died in prison. His name was Selden. Uh, he apparently took a thousand pounds of jewelry and hid it, but it can't be found. And now he And he died in prison of natural causes. And it's a thousand pounds in value, not a thousand pounds in weight. Yeah. Important note. <laughs> Important note. Um, but yeah, so like, so that's a weird newspaper clipping to keep in your floor. The photo is of John Garadab and the same photo we see that we've seen previously in Mrs. Green's room at the hospital. Um, of, of this like guy with a fucking blonde hair, blue eyes and a bowl cut. But also he has paintbrushes in his pocket so we can make some assumptions yeah and then the tin box is empty so that's weird uh but uh we are then greeted by the cat wagahagi and we feed it food because uh soseki had asked us to susano was carrying cat meat is what it, she calls it <laughs> anyway so cat's very cute uh anyway this is everybody's favorite i just want everyone to remember this is everybody's favorite game this uh, is everyone's favorite game. It's everyone's favorite game. Such a good game that it bugged out on both Michelle's and my 3DS's. Switches, but okay. Yeah, sorry, Switches. I w- <laughs> Wow, where did I go? I went back in time. <laughs> uh, we couldn't, we literally could not progress forward from this point because the game glitched out. And when Wagahai shows up, we're supposed to be able to go back to the prison to talk to Soseki. That didn't generate in our game. So no one was at the prison. We couldn't do anything else in the room. And no one was at any other location. It happened because we had to play both at the same time, even though we were in person, because so that we could both do the next case. Um, so we both had this problem and had to do a bunch of frantic Googling after 45 minutes of trying to click everything again. It was terrible. It was really frustrating. It was like somebody on Reddit had like mentioned. So your two options were to switch to story mode. Or to go back to your um, your room, your consulting room, and go through all of Susato's dialogue options. And that's what worked for both of us, was the Susato dialogue options. Those take an extra, like, five minutes to get through. Because we gotta talk about goddamn Cosmo again. Yeah. <sighs> so, we talk about goddamn Cosmo again. Uh, where we're reminded that he gave us his family's sword, uh, even though... Susato gave us his sword. <laughs> Oh yeah, Susano gave us his family heirloom sword, even though it's his family heirloom, and we should definitely, definitely not have that. Yeah. And in fact, if we had any honor, we would give it back to his family. But, anyway, so now we can go back to talk to Soseki at the prison. And Soseki thinks he's a cat now. Um, or he's trying to pretend to be a cat, uh, so he can escape reality. So he's, we're like, alright, well... Uh, let's talk. And he's like, I swear to God, Shakespeare drank hot tea with me. Like, we had hot tea. We're like, anyway, look at this newspaper clipping. And he's like, ah, that's the evil spirit Selden. 
he used to live in the in the same room Soseki did. So the convict in the newspaper clipping lived in John Garadev's building in the room Soseki lives in now. And so this is the curse is that he lived in that room and about a year ago was arrested and then he was uh his was dead for 3 months and then another man who moved into this room also died just a month ago. So and then Soseki has been trying and he died of Mysterious circumstances from asphyxiation, no clear cause, uh, the door was locked, and the room was full of gas. So really not a mystery. So definitely not a mystery. It wasn't even mysterious circumstances. His room was so full of gas, there was no air left, and he asphyxiated. They say this multiple, multiple people say this multiple times. It's mysterious except for that he couldn't breathe because of the gas leak in his room. And Natsume goes, ah, my room also often fills with gas because the pilot light keeps going out at night. On the stove. And I'm cursed. This is clearly a curse. (laughs) And so we're like... Well, us the players are like... That's not... This isn't a curse. This is bad. This is a bad building. Right? So Yeah, it's not a curse. It's 1912 or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So we go to talk to John Garadab about this curse. And we uh, show him the photo of the young man. His name was Duncan Ross. He is the young man who used to also live in this building. So if you're following, convict lived in this building. He got arrested and he's dead. Duncan Ross, a picture of a man that's in the mysterious floorboards of the tenant downstairs, as well as Miss Green's room, lived in this room and is now dead. So Seki is now in this room. Also, like, constantly being uh, almost murdered, he says. Uh, So uh, Garadeb also says that when... um, Duncan died, he hadn't figured out the gas lamp trick, so he was too late to discover Duncan, but he was alerted by the smell of gas wafting upstairs to him from the room. He so, also says he had the pipes all repaired. The gas right. pipes were all repaired after Duncan died. Yeah, so he got in a lot of trouble because the pipes were sold and faulty, so he replaced them all. And so Natsume, or sorry, uh, Soseki uh, was saying the problem is a curse, not the pipes. And John, John's like, yeah, I replaced all the pipes, so it can't be the pipes. Uh, John also kept a letter from Duncan um, that he uh, that he never sent, and it was to his sweetheart, Olive Green. So now Olive we definitely Green. know Olive Green and Duncan have a connection. We also learned that Shamspear had only been in the base in the the ground floor for three months. Or he showed like so the convict Selden died three months ago. Three days after he died, Shamspear shows up and wants Selden's old room. He right. wants the room, but Duncan's already there. so he's He been... also has not paid rent for three months. Right. That's so where he... we learned this. And this is where also we learned he's been staying in the base, in the ground floor, has not paid rent once in three months. <laughs> um, so we're like, this is all fascinating. So we go to the hospital to see Miss Green, and she's about, she's like looking at a, like something in her hand, like a paper or something, and she's about to drink from a bottle. And we're like, uh, and she like, she's like, ah, just one second. And so we're like, uh, Miss Green, um, she's like, I don't want to talk. And we're like, mm, please look at this photo. And so we show her a picture of Duncan. She falls over and the, the bottle she's holding falls over and pink liquid spills out on the floor. So we're like, how did you know Duncan? They met at art school. They actually fell in love and were engaged. He moved into that super cheap room at the Garadubs because he wanted to save money for the wedding. And she's like, please leave me alone. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll leave you alone now. Sorry for all your grief. And Horlock spins into the frame and he goes, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We can't just leave. Look at this dead <laughs> mouse on the floor. 
Apparently the mouse that's been in this hospital room drank the poison that was spilled and instantly died. Yeah. Interesting how this mouse instantly died from this slow acting poison. It's it's not slow acting is the thing. Because I looked it up to know what's going on with Strychnine. I mean, they say 15 to 30 minutes before you die, but you suffer incredibly painful like side effects during that time. But let's not get into that. A human-sized dose would kill a mouse instantly, I'm sure. Okay, well, that's better. That makes sense to me. That The mouse was not my problem with the strychnine. <laughs> so we're like, well, Miss Green, uh, what's that? What, what, were you just about to kill yourself? What's that note? So then we go through her, like, we, we bully her, basically. Yeah. Um, and she's like, well, you know, now it's on the open. I feel like I got a weight off my chest. Uh, the poison was to stop the pain. And she doesn't even know what the bottle is, but she starts shaking really badly. Uh, and we look at the envelope with the note in it, and it told her to come to the Slug and Salad on Briar Road at 5, 5 p.m. on the 17th. Uh, so it's a secret, you know, don't tell anyone, don't know who sent this letter. Uh, so uh, we also note that this letter matches the tear, like corner tear of an envelope we found in Shamspear's room. So that's interesting. But we're like, oh, so you were trying to go meet this person on the 17th, but you got stabbed instead. And she's like, oh, I was just, I was just, I, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. So uh, anyway, I'm going to stay alive now. Uh, bye. And so we leave and Herlock keeps the bottle and investigation's over for the day. Really, truly an upsetting and- upsetting scene and then i think we go and we're standing outside with herlock and we're like we're ready for tomorrow you know it's like what no you don't you know you don't get to do that you just left her alone and you didn't talk to any doctors and you didn't make sure she was okay like you pieces of shit feels bad feels bad Anyway, court. Anyway, we're in court now. We start off the trial right away. The tea had no poison in it. Von Sieg's like, yeah, that tea sample was from the good, not poison tea. There's probably still poison in the other tea. There's probably tea. Yeah, it's probably And I was just like, where's, I'm shouting, where's the fucking proof, Von Sieg's? Because he says it was from the teapot, right? Like, oh, that that tea was clearly from the teapot, which wasn't poison. And we were like, what fucking teapot? There was no no teapot. teapot at the crime scene at all. And I there was a kettle, but clearly not one that's used. <laughs> right. So and we we bring Shamespear back up. He admits to stealing gas, but he's like, ah, yeah, I stole gas. I stole the gas because to air is human or whatever. Um, and Natsume still poisoned my cup, and that's why there's none in the soap. Or the, like Michelle said, like, what? And so he's like, yeah, he could have poisoned his cup and then took the container away with the poison, and we just haven't found the container yet. Once again... Baseless accusations from Von Zeke. It's stupid and circumstantial, but uh, Sham's like, oh, I also, uh, neither of us drank tea while it's hot because we were too busy wrestling. And Natsume's like, I drink tea only hot. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, pr- we present, you know, we look at the cups and Natsume's doesn't have a ring while Sham's first does. So Natsume clearly drink is hot while Sham did not. Uh, and then we also, side note, learn that Von Zeke only fills up his hallowed chalice seven times a trial, but then sometimes he drinks a whole bottle. <laughs> This is very Godot of him. It's very Godot of him. But basically what he's saying is like, mm, Shamsu, weren't you sure? Like, weren't you, weren't you mistaken? Probably it was the teapot. And he's like, yes, it was the teapot that I used. And that's why I wasn't poisoned. Uh, he also offhandedly 
mentions that he ate at the Grubbs. Oh, he he's like, oh, I also like, I swear that's all I had to eat or drink. I was at Grubbs Burberry House, Ale House for dinner, and then I came and just had this tea. Um, and so basically, the jury's like, yeah, you do steal gas, but this there's no other proof. Like this man poisoned you. So you do another summation examination. Uh, and no one gives any reason. Everyone's talking about gas still. No one's talking about how Natsume did this. Except for the old man at the end. He's just like, if there was something that that could show me he somebody else could have done it, like I I would vote not guilty right now, but like there's oh, the, nothing the else. The old man says nothing passed his lips that night. If there was anything else that passed his lips, I'll find you innocent. Yeah. Um... Uh, so everyone's talking about, so juror number three's like, oh man, I just, or juror number, f- hold on. The lady, the B lady's number four. Number four, yeah. Um, so B lady's talking about, like, uh, about gas again, and she says something that makes number three, the young boy, say like, oh man, a gas man came to my house the other day and, like, blew into my meters. And she goes, hey, that's company secrets. And he goes, everyone knows that if you blow into the pipes, the gas, you take the lamp off, blow into the pipes, everyone's lights flicker. Uh, because other companies are taking, are stealing uh, Altmont's um, gases by putting their own pipes and stealing, siphoning the gas off for their own houses. So if you blow into the pipe, everyone who's using Altman's, um, Altmont's gas should flicker. And if there's a house across the street that doesn't pay for Altman's gas, uh, that's a problem if they flicker. I think is what the logic was. Yeah, I think it's to test, not to test whether your house is stealing gas from Altamont, but a, uh, to test if neighbors are stealing gas through siphoning. Kind of like splicing cable. If you've ever heard about splicing uh, into cable yeah. wires, it's about, it's like that. But anyway, blow in the pipe to figure out fraud, and but it makes all the lights flicker. And sometimes if you blow too hard, the pilot light goes out. And that's what happened to this guy. So he like, yeah, so all the gas... Gas starts pouring into your house. Uh, meanwhile, Jer number five's wife is constantly poisoning her husband, but really she's just putting salt in his tea when she's mad at him. Making him drink salty tea. Yeah, which is very funny. Um, anyway, so what we do is we're like, ah, you know, maybe Shamsper put his lips on the gas pipe. And Shamsper like, what a silly thing to say. It starts dancing. And Von Zeke's like, what a fucking farce this is. He, why would he take off this lamp off the wall to blow on a pipe? And we're like, mm, we do have a photo of a wall with skin prints on it. Uh, and the judge is like, even fingerprints haven't been decided. I can't take skin prints as But the evidence. jury's eating it up. The jury's like, mm, Sherlock Holmes is, oh, Ooh, yes. Skin and they're prints. like, I need to know more about skin prints. Hell yeah, not guilty, not guilty. Like two of them immediately because they love Herlock, the two young ones on the, on the stand. And the judge and juror number one are like, we can't accept this as evidence, so we should ignore it. But then the old guy's like, well, man, my word, you say he could put his lips on something else, I'll bite. <laughs> um, and so uh, Von Zeke's like, uh, yeah, I said the garbage, like, this is garbage. Susato's like, hey, actually, what well, we're not presenting this as formal evidence. We're rather presenting the findings of a great detective as a tool to explain the possibility to, a, to the jury. Uh, and juror number one's like, I need more concrete proof. And so we're like, well, remember yesterday when Soseki said that his pilot light on his stove went out that very night. And we're like, mm, that's something, all right. Uh, Von Zeke's is pissed. Yeah. He's so mad at this point. Um, 
So we're like, well, this is simple. Have the police check the pipe. And the judge is like, uh, if he was blowing on pipes, yeah, like, that we could, like, be, Soseki would probably be clear of murder if the, the, the pipeline has uh, got poison on it. And we're like, well, yeah, John upstairs has a fireplace, so clearly he was trying to kill Soseki and not John. And so Von Zeke's like, well, if he was trying to kill Soseki, then Soseki must have been the person that put poison around the pipe. So they're just trying to kill each other, basically. So Soseki put the poison on it, trying to kill him if he knew that he was trying to kill him. Like, they're not all pointing fingers, right? Yeah, basically, like, thanks for establishing my motive. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so Susato's like, just... Ryu, name somebody as the culprit. So... Now, Michelle and I, in-game, like, in-playing it, kind of were like, it was probably Green. And we were sad about it. It was probably Green who did this. But in-game, there is very little context to pin this on Miss Green. I can imagine this being, like, maddening. Yeah. If you if you hadn't figured it out yet, I'm sure that this would have drove you crazy. Because at this point, like, when we were having the very sad scene that I felt like the game absolutely did not earn, where she tried to kill herself... Where I was like, fuck, it's her because she's got access to the poison. She hates this dude because we did that scene in the hospital. Like, you know, it was her boyfriend that was murdered in the room above. Like, she, it's her. But I don't want it to be because everyone has treated her like shit this whole game, including Ryunosuke and Susato. Yeah. Well, less Susato, but, but you know, still... It's just, and it feels bad. So, I mean, like, if you personally hadn't figured that out, like, it would be really, like, this would, there was just very little breadcrumbs that led up to it within yeah. this part of the game. But anyway, you you do that. So Van Zeke's like, all right, I'll bite. So you you take a recess while he goes and subpoenas her. Uh, you are in the break room. Herlock shows up. He goes, oh, I finally woke up and I'm here. Uh, the bottle I did, it did indeed have your, your poison in it. Gregson's like, Hey, good job um, finding that evidence. Here's some more information on Selden. Uh, I copied it for you. And we're like, that was so kind of you. And he goes, shut up. And he runs away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be beholden to a lawyer, he says. So you go back to trial and Shilms goes to the gallery. So now we have Miss Green and Shamspear are on the stand. We're like, hey, I know this is traumatic, but please talk about six days ago when you were knifed. And what, Sam, what were you up to? So Green is lying and she's like, I was in the area to do some painting. And Sham's like, I was at the Slug and Salad. And Von Zeke's like, that's weird. That's a fine dining establishment for that area. And we're like, Miss Green, why were you here? And she goes, ah, no reason. And you're like, mm, show us the letter. So we show her the letter, the one the one that uh, mentions Duncan. Uh, and Shamsbeer reacts to that. So we're like, hmm, interesting. It matches, like, the exact time and place that Shamsbeer was there at the Slug and Salad. And she's like, this the this note was delivered to me. It has nothing to do with this guy. So we present the corner of the evidence, uh, corner of the letter we found in Shamsir's room, and we were like, Shamsir, you seem to know about this letter. And we're like, uh, but Miss Green has this letter. How did she end up with it if it was in your room, Shamsir? Hmm. Hmm. And so Shamsir starts breaking here, and he starts talking like a normal person, going, "You were in my room. You were in my room." What were you doing in my room to to Miss Green? Um, so judges like, excuse you both liars. You must clarify what you just said and like give us the truth. Because if you lie in court, there's there there you'll get in trouble. Not that it's really ever happened, but Yeah. 
Uh, so Shamsir's like, that letter was sent to me, and I only noticed it missed him when Soseki was over. Uh, Miss Green insists that the note was delivered to her, but we're like, have this corner end up there, and she won't explain. She says it's not for her to know. She's just an amateur artist. What does she know? Fledgling, art- fledgling artist. Uh, so we present the poison bottle, and we're like, we think the reason you broke into Shamsir's room was to deposit the poison on the gas pipe with the, pipe with the intent to kill him. Uh, but they're just like, the murder would have happened six days ago. But then Von Zeke goes, well, actually, six days ago, she was stabbed. And so there was a lot of police. So he probably wasn't doing crimes. And not- so Seki was arrested and not there. So there was no reason for him to blow into the gas pipe. Um, and so so nothing happened for three days. I mean, Natsumi comes home as acquitted. That's the first time he's been home. And that very night, his stove went out again. And that mm-hmm. very night... Sham um passed out. Mm-hmm. So um we're like, Miss Green, please admit you are getting revenge. Sham was the one who killed Duncan doing this pipe thing. Neither of them want to confess, but Green does confess to breaking into Shamsbeer's room because she did suspect him, but she and she learned some lock picking from Duncan, but uh she found a letter on a spot on her floorboards. There was in the tin a key, which is the one that's around her neck. Shakespeare loses his mind, demanding it's his, give it back. He inherited it. And we're like, inherited it? And he goes, uh. And we're like, do you inherit it from this? The criminal convict? Selden? And we're like, Sham, he used to live upstairs. Were you trying to, like, find the treasure? Sham, were you the cellmate in prison who watched Selden die? Um... So, indeed, we do learn Sham was a co-prisoner with Selden. He got the key. He was released. He beelines it for Garadebs to try to get the room. But Duncan's in that room, so he does the gas the gas trick. Not to kill him, but to, like, scare him out of the room so he could get that room. Unfortunately, he does it bad and kills him. And so, the pipes... The, the room doesn't get to be opened up, and he doesn't get to switch, because A, he's three months behind on rent... B, Garadab had to replace all the pipes, and C, Natsume beats him to it. Yeah. So, uh, he does a gas trick again, and tries to get his hands on this treasure. Um, Sham won't admit this to the murder, though, because he wants to get to the loot. So we're like, well, we'll get to the loot first, then. And so, we're like, mm, Shams can find it with his skin print technology, uh, and we can get the, and he, like, whirls onto the stand, and the judge is like, I don't care who you are, please do not come into my court like this Don't you're not welcome to my stand the world into my stand sir uh we're like hey take this key and miss green offers up the key if it's gonna make sham upset hell yeah she's down for it so he takes the key to get the skin print so he can go find the treasure in the room um and now sham truly breaks michelle do you want to describe the break it's not good like there's not really that much to describe he just gets crazy eyes and then, like, loses some of his gems on his outfit. Like, he doesn't... It he doesn't... explodes with some confetti. He keeps jumping yeah. and does, like, these confetti explosions. It's not good. Like, yeah, he jumps to the side, confetti explosion, jumps to the side, confetti explosion. It's like the gems on his suit thing that's co- exploding. And then he's just got crazy eyes, like, afterwards. Like, he... I expected the wig to come off, the outfit to get shredded, and him to look... Because it's a striped outfit, so if you shredded it up or something, it could, like, look like a prison outfit. Like, you could... There was so much that could have been done with this break, and they didn't. They're fucking... The breaks in this game are disappointing. They're so... Because we also had this with Eggsy, 
like Egbert Benedict's break was like shit too. Yeah, they, they're just they're just disappointing when you have this much movement in motion and they have so many sprites and this is how you break them. It's so disappointing. Well, the other thing that fucking torqued me about this part too is that. There's this whole scripted thing about Olive Green says, okay, Herlock, I will give you this key. And then the next instant we see her sprite, she's wearing the key around her neck. Oh, I didn't even clock that, but yeah. Like, come on. Uh, Like, don't disrespect me like this. If you don't, if you can't have the sprite, do it. Say, Herlock, take a, you know, basically you can take a reading of this key and then I'll see it later. But that's not how it goes with the script because then we find the treasure after this. But no, Herlock Holmes has the key, but she's still wearing the key. The other thing that fucking bothers me about this too is Olive Green is painting while on the stand constantly. Never see the painting. We do in the long shot, uh, that court, you know how we get the long shot of the court from behind the defendants? It's blank. Oh, yeah, it's blank there. Completely blank. You'd think that she would have a break that showed us what the painting was. You know? And we never learned what the painting is in her, in the hospital room either. No! It would be, it would make sense if it was like a sad painting of Duncan, or it would make sense if it was like a scary murdery painting. Either way, we don't get to see it, and, and in the long shots, it's completely blank. Shoddy. Shoddy work animation Shoddy work. Terrible. And any we know that her paintbrush that she's using to paint on that canvas has paint on it because she paints onto her palette. She paints an arrow. Which is, a, so, I like that sprite. I like that sprite too, but that means that she's just like whooshing her paintbrush near that camera. Like, well, she in, also, well, yeah, because you know why? Because that paint is dry because she pushes it against her face and leaves no mark. I know that bothered me too, because I was like, why doesn't she leave a mark on her face when she mushes her paintbrush into her face? And the answer is, it's just dry paint. It's, it's, that's terrible. Like, that's, come on, game. Considering we've had two painters before in this series, Misham and Vera. Yeah, they've actually painted. Who actually painted, had illustrations we saw, because they were plot relevant, and they had paint on them. Like, their sprites weren't necessarily built on that, but they had stuff. And I don't even need you to make the paint, like, uh, different every time for Olive. Just put a splotch of paint on her cheek, and that way when she shoves her paintbrush into it, you're like, oh, that's where that's from. Yeah. Right? Like, that's it. That could have just you been know? paint on her face this whole time. The whole time. But no, you were too busy being fat phobic. Fuck you, game. Yeah. It's really bad. <sighs> God. Uh, Duncan also then tells Sham uh, he needs to die for what he's done. And we're like, you're also going to jail. And she goes, yeah, I know. Uh, but but thanks for stopping me from killing myself, yeah. kids. And she's like, it was so easy to get this poison off the black market, by the way. <laughs> that fucked me up, too, because she had to buy the strychnine off the black market. Except for, of course, when I learned whenever they name a real poison, I have to Google it. And so what I learned is that back then they used to take strychnine poison in limited doses because they thought it made your bones better. So, like, you didn't need it from the black market. You just fucking buy strychnine poison anywhere. It's 1912 and the World War I hasn't started, everybody. You could just get shit like that. There's still cocaine and Coca-Cola, all right? That's why it was so easy to get it on the black market, because it wasn't I, yeah. illegal. Well, she overpaid, is what we, yeah, what we learned. She did. 
She didn't even need it for the fucking black market. But what I will say is the one redeeming thing that Herlock did when he spun onto the stand is he said, he said, oh, hey, Von Zeeks, your your complexion is worsened since we last met. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty good. That was my favorite Herlock line in the whole games. (laughs) Yeah. Uh... All right, let me finish this off. So she admits to buying this poison. She had her suspicions. Life is very sad because Duncan's dead. She bought this poison. She's like, well, I will smear this on the poison on the pipe because I suspect him. If no one dies, you didn't do it. But he got poisoned. She wrote that note, the, the note Mimi at the slug and salad, knowing that he would, that if he was suspicious or had doubts or like was worried about Duncan Ross, he would go. And then he did go. And then she was able to get into his room because he wasn't there. Um, so he, she planted all the seeds for him to prove himself guilty, and he did. So she's like, thanks for letting me choose life, even though she will certainly die in prison. That's Stephanie's horse that she's gonna die on, is everyone here is going to die in prison. Well, hopefully she'll kill Shamspear in prison first. Hopefully, God. And he's gonna go to prison for definitely killing Duncan and trying to kill Soseki. But Soseki is free now. And he once again tells us he's going back to England to escape the curse. To Japan. To write his own novel. Yeah, he's gonna go back to Japan. Sorry, to Japan to write his novel. He's gonna escape this curse. And uh, he's like, God, no matter what nationality people are, you're just trying to live. Uh, and so the next day, we figure out that the loot, Sholmes finds it after three, after a day, not 30 minutes. Gregson and Iris are there. We find this huge, like, collar full of gemstones. Iris is like, I could wear that as a belt. It's so huge. It's got an emblem on a buckle on it with a bee and a small crown. And it's covered in blood. And then Sholmes goes really pale. And he gives it to Gregson. Gregson... He's like, Gregson, take this away and put it under lock and key. And Iris, you can't write a story about this. I forbid it. And we're like, that's weird. Well, it's, well, let's say, let's be real here. It's a dog collar. Yeah. It's clearly a dog collar. And the B stands for Baskervilles. The end. The end. That's the end of the flashback. They don't say that. They don't say that it's a dog collar and the B stands for Baskervilles. It ends with Rhea being like, and we found the collar, but nobody else noticed that it was covered in blood. Bye. And he's like, another two months after this letter when things started to unfold. Uh, yeah, the, we're going to the expo, the like London expo or whatever. Right. Uh, the ads. So The end. I don't like this case, but also, so remember when we talked about how Shamspear had all those gems and shit on his clothes and you were like, this is what he spends all his money on? He doesn't have any money on, he doesn't have any money, he just got out of prison. No, I know, but like, I don't know where he got these gems and shit, but they were also clearly not real gems, because they exploded into confetti. But he just like... They're just shiny rocks. It's, it's not... See, I thought he was pretending to be into William Shakespeare because he was a convict and so he could, like, annoy the piss out of everyone so that they wouldn't talk to him. No, the answer is, like, he actually dresses like that and he actually is into that stuff, I guess, because there's no evidence to the contrary. I guess. If he had a break where he became, like, a weird, violent convict dude, then we would know that the Shamspear part was a sham. But no, his name is literally William Shamspear... And he's just into that shit. I don't. I don't think it is. I think it's a pseudonym. They imply that several times. Well, they don't ever tell us that his real identity. No, they never tell us his real identity. 
arguably because it doesn't matter. They just insinuate that he would be the cell. He was the cellmate, and then he they admit to it. But like, uh, but it is like, oh, William Shakespeare. Like, even the judge says, "If that's your real name," or something to that effect. I had to go through so much of the history of gas, natural gas distribution in London, and it doesn't matter what the real identity of the murder victim is. <laughs> no, because Come it's on. because he accidentally killed Duncan. I had to learn about Herlock Sholmes's new invention to test the genuineness of tea that makes it smell and taste terrible, but. William Shakespeare's true identity doesn't fucking matter, or what, or what the convict looked like. I feel or like what the what yeah what Selden looked like, or maybe like what John Garadeb felt about having a convict live in his apartment. None of that shit matters. Or absolve John of me thinking he was secretly a terrible person and I wasn't allowed to like him anymore. Yeah, or stealing gas, because it sounds like John Gerda probably siphoning gas off of the bottom floor, and we never get proven that that's not true. No, it sounds like he's just a weird old man who watches his lights flicker because he has no better hobbies, even though we know he has better hobbies. He can read books. He likes to read books, that's established. He likes to read books. He likes hanging out with his wife. The lights flickering thing, though, is why I think John is stealing gas. Because remember, it was like, they have a fireplace. They don't have gas heating. No, they just have the gas lamps. Apparently, they just have gas lamps. But it's nonetheless, yeah, John is John is highly suspicious this whole time. And, and you know, not absolved. But... I I didn't like this case, man. It we went exact. Everyone's like, this game's better though. We went back to game one in this case. Literally, the the it was so it was so hard to get into this case because they were just like, oh, remember this retcon, 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 retcon. And I was like, retcon never tastes good. Well, the retcon and reintroduced too. It's like mm-hmm. half of it is. Do you remember Rianosuke? Do you remember her like Sholmes? Do you remember Iris? Do you remember uh, the Lestrade? Not Lestrade, sorry. Do you remember the cop? What's Gregson. Name? Gregson. Gregson. Do you remember Gregson? And the answer is like, yes, I do. I just played the last game. And I'm supposed to be patient and kind to them because I know that was multiple years between these games. I don't care. I don't care that it was multiple years between these games. The entire framing of the last case was... Uh, a letter to Rianosuke and and Sasato talks about Rianosuke so much and talks about their time in England so much and we talk to Soseki at the end of the first case where she says hey do you remember our time in England yeah I remember do you remember the case yeah I remember the case do you remember the other case yeah I remember the other case do 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 and then it's like they has the they have the balls to be like, "Hi, I'm Rianosuke Naruhodo. You've never heard of me, but I'm an attorney." Like, no, fuck <laughs> you. I heard of you twenty minutes ago, and her. This is Herlock Sholmes, as if we didn't mention him twenty minutes ago. Your dad called you back to Japan from London, where you were hanging out with Herlock Sholmes. Oh, really? I wonder why he did that. Well, he really wanted to know about that case that we did with Herlock Sholmes. Like, fuck you, fuck you, game, fuck you, fuck you. I don't. I don't need to be reintroduced, and I don't need to be retconned. I, I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm angry because Shakespeare was just another Florent LaBelle. That too. I hate Florent LaBelle. I don't like Shakespeare. I would like Shakespeare if he was if he was a 
had a convict underlayer that slipped from his Shakespeare vibe all the time. But he doesn't. He's just this guy who's really awful. Just an awful guy. And, like, Stephanie was too nice to him in her recap because he speaks in Shakespearean English and he dances around the courtroom and wiggles around the courtroom and he takes 20 years with all his animation. I hate... Uh, you're right. My recap did not... She was too nice. Because I didn't want to give him the time that he took away from me in this recap. And I get it, but you didn't necessarily communicate to the listeners, like, how fucking horrible Shamspear is to deal with. He has a Shamspear dance, but that's not his only dance. He does multiple dances. It's a lot of bowing. There's a lot of jumping. There's a lot of jumping. And there's a lot of arm chopping. He'll turn away backwards from you. A lot of arms swooping. None of it's good. And it's it's upsetting that we have all of these long animations from Shamspear. So Seki, with all of his upsetting, like, shaking and teeth grinding, uh, Chin Guy strangling himself, uh, Miss Green's animation also has that very, like, upsetting shaking one. Like, everyone's just very upsetting all the time. Except for the bee lady. She's great. Bee lady's amazing. And she's on the wrong side because she's very much like everyone's stealing money from us and gas is very expensive to deliver and stop stealing. I'm from the corporation. Oh, oh yeah. She's really like, let the poor die if they can't afford gas. But, you know, other than that, like, I like oh, her vibe. She, I love her vibe. She's got a big umbrella that, like, looks like a bee butt, too. It's great. She's great. Best part of this case was bee lady. I think I maintain that the best part of this case was just that one line from her like shows where he says to Von Seeks, you look, your complexion is worse than since I last saw you. Fucking brutal in a court of law. Yeah. That was great. Uh, it was yeah. absolutely great. Um, Von Zeke's once again, just like, <sighs> isn't consistent other than being racist to, to us. No. But let me tell you, let me tell you. While, we, while we're on the subject, so Tony's playing the first game to try and catch up with us. Um, and let me tell you what he thinks Cosmo's secret mission was, which is he thinks Cosmo's secret mission was to kill Wilson in Japan and then go to England and kill her like Shomes. <laughs> and I love it. And I that's canon, baby. <laughs> it's, if we don't learn what Cosmo's real mission was, I know we're going to learn what Cosmo's real mission was. They won't shut up about it. But if Cosmo's real mission is anything short of killing Sherlock Holmes himself, I'm going to be very disappointed. Can you please also tell our listeners your your other theory that proves Von Zeeks is a vampire? Oh, yeah. I was really disappointed that Von Zeeks isn't a vampire. And I know I've mentioned that multiple times, uh, that I'm disappointed he's not a vampire. And I was talking to Kevin, and I was like, listen, Kevin, just give me, just, you know, nod if if Von Zeeks is a vampire at the end of it. He's And Kevin is like... No, of course he's not. And I'm just, um, like, they they won't give me a boat. I'm like, Kevin, give me anything that Von Zeeks is a vampire. It's like, no, he's not. And I'm like, okay, well, here's my theory. Last game, Raleigh the, the Bobby, who was a sleepy all the time, Raleigh and Pat, Raleigh said that he couldn't sleep because there's a serial killer in his jurisdiction and it's implied that that serial killer's Jack the Ripper. And I've decided that that's actually Von Zeke's, he's really a vampire and we're just not going to talk about it in the games, but he actually really is a vampire for sure. <laughs> it's the only uh, joy I have left. 
he's a racist vampire and that's bad but he is a vampire and he is killing people in that district as jack the ripper because he has to feed because he's a vampire and wouldn't it be nice if Cosmo was also going to kill Von Zeeks? He can also kill Von Zeeks. I mean, maybe it's like a vampire hunting katana or whatever, but I'm starting to wonder if, you know, Von Zeeks has met one Japanese person before. Any guesses? Anyone? Uh, Wilson. No, wait, fuck. Fuck. Uh, no, that was a white guy. <laughs> what if it was Hosodaga? <laughs> I... Pray, I miss Hosunaga dearly. I want nothing more. All right, we'll just collect up. Stephanie, next anime versus plausible is what we're going to do is we're going to take all the good characters from this game. We're going to build a case with them. Okay. So, so that'll that's... be B-Lady, Skulkin Brothers, Hosunaga. Oh my God, that's going to be such a good Isn't game. Isn't that going to be a great case? Maybe oh, there will be, be so other fun. good characters in this game, but so far we're building a fantastic case with the Gas Lady, the, the Skull Kid Brothers, and Hosunaga, and maybe we can have Gregson come, but only like he can only be well behaved. Yeah, well behaved Gregson. I like well behaved Gregson. Or like reluctant but likes us Gregson is pretty good. Yes. Good, good job there. What'd you say? Nothing. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, I like that. Sue Andre Gregson. <laughs> we can have Sue Andre Gregson, and then the other guys, and of course, the we will solve the mystery. We will solve is the third Skulkin brother. Oh yeah, Cause, and that'll be great because Gregson keeps getting to keep like being roped in as the third, and he hates it, and that's a great bit, right? So I look forward to this anime versus plausible next time. We don't want to do a case recap where we build this one out. Oh, it'll be a good time. Um, I really don't have anything else to say about this case. I wish I did. I learned way too much about gas meters. Yeah. And it's a it's a bad fucking system, basically. So I had to learn a lot about it, of course. It's kind of like the uh, the stereoscopes from the first game. But I didn't have to, like, cross my eyes. Yeah, you didn't have to put yourself in physical discomfort. So there was that. So there's um, that. Well, I would like to hear if other people think that we, you know, what other people think about this case, if they agree with us or very much disagree with us. Um, did you like having a second case about Soseki? Did you not like it? Like, we felt unnecessary about it. I guess, Michelle, if you had to take away one case, would it be this case or the first case of Soseki? Ugh. Which case, which case can go? Because I don't think we need to. Well, I mean, at least in the first case with Soseki, I actually enjoyed sort of John and Mary Garadeb. I do enjoy John and Mary Garadeb. But I did not enjoy Raleigh and Pat. No. So I guess it's... No, I'm going to have to say this one has to go because I fucking hate William Shakespeare so much. <laughs> So if I didn't have to, if I, if I told Raleigh and Pat, me in the middle of Raleigh and Pat's testimony, and I was like, yeah, but what if everyone was like this in the whole case? I would definitely choose Raleigh and Pat. So I didn't enjoy them, but I didn't hate them. <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. So I think this one can go and that one could be cleaned up heavily because we spent a lot of time in that one talking about the fucking map of the neighborhood and we could trim that up a little bit i also don't like i don't see why we have to keep like i don't want to deal with the gas pipes anymore but i feel like we could have like smushed some of this case into that case 
Yeah, it's hard to argue that this case should have been in the first game because I would have put down my Switch and never come back if I had to do these two back-to-back for real. Oh, no, yeah. I'm saying that it's wholly unnecessary that there's two cases featuring Soseki. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely not. Even though Master Mask was two trials back-to-back, right, and we had the whole perjury thing, you, you didn't need to do that here either. Like, that would have been awful because these cases are so wildly different and intricate or presented intricately. But you know who had the fucking balls to have a real break? Luke at me had a real break. Fucking, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, God, LaBelle sucked. This break sucks. Man, I miss old breaks. I really do. Old breaks were good. And new breaks, fucking shit. Actually bad, actually. Like, we're not even trying there's so which also removes some of the satisfaction, right? Some of the satisfaction mm-hmm. of getting through all this and dealing with this annoying piece of shit is that you get to see him lose his goddamn mind. And we don't get to see that anymore. Like we get to see defeated William Shakespeare say, I didn't which mean to isn't kill earned. him. That's not fucking earned. All yeah. of a sudden now he's contrite. All of a sudden fucking now he's sad and I didn't mean it. No, you've been a fucking dick and you tried to kill a second man the same way. Yeah, you accidentally killed the first guy, but then you like tried it again. Absolutely not. Like, no, no sympathy. Miss Green's right. Like, no sympathy. You deserve to die. But also you don't get to be a shitty little whiny dick, limp, limp dick about it. Go back. You don't get your glory hole anymore, <laughs> you sir. Glory hole. You're not paying for it. Get out of here. <laughs> Okay, but the glory hole was probably the other best part, but that wasn't intentional. No, it was just a break intention we needed, personally. If if they hadn't put a hole in his wall, we wouldn't have thought it, would we? (laughs) So, I don't know. Who knows what this episode title is going to be, because it can't be glory hole, and it can't be Sue Andre Gregg's. (laughs) So, what's the point? (laughs) Just like this case, what's the point? What's the point? I, I have, and we can't name it retcon. We've already named everything any variation of retcon because of how spirited justice. I'd rather, us. I'd rather have, I'd rather have noodles. I'd rather have soba noodles. I, yeah, I guess so. Because I mean, like, if we took that meme titty clown away from the internet, what would happen? Right? We have to have <laughs> soba noodles. God. I can't name the episode Meme Titty Cloud either, so sorry everyone, Glory Hole's Meme Titty Cloud. Man, sucks. <laughs> Censorship is strong in this. <laughs> okay, well I think I think we we have uh drank in our cell our seven glasses from our Hallow Chalice and we, sure we, have. we finished the bottle. Time to flip it into the jury into the gallery. I'm going to slip it into my lamp and maybe start my building on fire. Who can say? <laughs> um, but I think we're going to, we're going to, unfortunately, I don't have a nice fun thing to leave us on. So I'm just, we're just going to go. We're Ema- just going to go. Email us at objectthispodcast at gmail.com. Go to our Tumblr, objectthis.tumblr.com. Thank you to Dark Shadow Rage 2 off the YouTube. Dark Shadow Rage 2 off the YouTube. Thanks for whatever dumb shit I put in here. There's probably nothing good. Insane Clown Posse. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Uh, thank, find us on Podbean uh, it's the bean that we grew from our Hello Chalice uh, that's it I think that's it that's Spotify, it. Stitcher, Apple Pack yes, find us Rate and review, find us, send us emails please I do miss hearing from everybody 
Uh, in the meantime, I'm Stephanie. I'm Michelle. And that was Object to This, so why don't you object to that? Oh,